I have an interview masterclass on my website on www.kingdomlifecoach.co.uk. Please do check it out if you're looking for practical interview advice from somebody that's worked within human resources and somebody that's also experienced loads of interviews. So definitely check it out and support your girl on the website and let me know your thoughts on this. Hello and welcome to You Are The Salt, a podcast for Christian female leaders and entrepreneurs. Whether you're starting out in your business or career, already on that path and that journey, I believe this podcast can be the source of encouragement you have been looking for. With your host, as always, Louis Luaya. Caroline Marsh is known as one of Britain's leading property investors and Channel 4's secret millionaire. She's the owner of Kingdom Property Partners, Kingdom Property Lettings, and the managing director and co-founder of Personal Success Planners. She's also somebody that is very big on philanthropic ventures. What I love about Caroline is her willingness and the evident desire to shine her light and be the salt in each of her businesses and each of her entrepreneurial ventures. Before we get into it, I thought we could do a game. Great. Let's play the game. <laughs> An icebreaker. So mm-hmm. it's this or that. So you just basically choose the one that you prefer out of the two. So mm-hmm. first one, dogs or cats? Dogs, definitely. iPhone or Android? iPhone, definitely. TV shows or movies? Movies, definitely. Tough love or gentle approach? Gentle approach. Coffee or tea? Coffee, definitely. (laughs) I think for me, dog, um, iPhone, movies, gentle approach, and tea. I love tea. I've got a tea right next to me. I love, I love tea, but I only love certain teas. I don't like, I don't like no more English tea. I will have no. I love uh, herbal tea, so I'll have probably. I mean, if I open my cupboard, you'd run because (laughs) I, I have. I don't know how many types of herbal teas I do have, but I love herbal tea. English tea, I just cannot stand unless you make it the Zambian way, which is very oh milky goodness. with evaporated milk. Then we're talking, but the normal English tea, not for me. I always get surprised when people don't like tea. I'm just like, how? I don't know. But I'm going to quickly go through your story. So I've obviously done my research on you and I, I've known you from previous events that you've done. So correct me if I get anything wrong, but I'll go quickly mm-hmm. through it. So um, essentially, you are somebody that was brought up in Zambia, born and raised in Zambia. You met your mm-hmm. husband there through work, who happened mm-hmm. to be an English guy. You guys fell mm-hmm. in love, got married, moved to the mm-hmm. UK. And then after you had your first kid, uh, you became a stay-at-home mom. But mm-hmm. once you became a stay-at-home mom, you're thinking there's a lot more that I want to do with this time that I have. And then mm-hmm. you mentioned that you, so essentially from that point to you becoming the Caroline that we know, I wanted mm-hmm. to find out what soul searching that you were doing before catapulting to become this Caroline Marsh that we know of today. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> first of all, um, Thank you so much for having me on your show. It really is a privilege. Every time I'm asked to speak, I never take it for granted because I believe it's a, a huge responsibility where you have to um, avail yourself to be able to inspire others and give people a hope. And so, you know, all the glory to God because without him, I don't think I'll be in this position. So my story is uh, interesting. Yes, um, you know, one girl that was quite uh, ambitious looking to better myself 
strangely enough, when I was growing up academically, I wasn't very good. So I wasn't brilliant. Um, but I still had this belief that, you know what, I'm going to make it. My dad always believed in me that I would always make it. And so it was something that was instilled, you know, from childhood. At the same time, I had some other people that spoke negative things. And so, you know, I, I was in a world of... Um, like almost like double-minded, you know, like mixed, mixed uh, feelings. One moment I believe I can do great, the next I couldn't do great. But my whole journey started because I uh, moved to the UK for better opportunities. Of course, you know, married my lovely husband and we came to England uh, for better, just, you know, life to just better our lives than being uh, back at home because it, it got quite tough uh, financially. Now, I wasn't saved at the time. So I, I just was just a normal girl living a normal life until um, about 2004, you know, when I gave my life to Jesus. And that was a day that I believe everything began to change. Now, the one thing that I didn't quite like was uh, before I was a Christian, like serving God full time, is I never liked what I saw in the Christian dom. I didn't like the look of almost like poverty, lacking ones, and people is always mediocre. People never seemed to me as if they were achievers and, and go-getters. The ones that I saw anyway, they yeah. seemed quite, um, you know, just like average. And I, and I didn't find that attractive at all. So it was one of the things that really put me off. And so when I began, when I got saved, um, it was something that I asked God as to, you know, uh, is, is this all to my life? I mean, I, I love being a child of God. I love being a mom and I love being a girlfriend and all these things make you know sense. But what really is the meaning for my life? What is the purpose? Why am I here? And I, I was very entrepreneurial at the same time. So I could make money doing different things like hustling here and there. However, there was a sense of... Um, like, like there was a, a missing piece. Yes, I was walking with God, but there was a, I, I had no clear uh, guidance as to why I was here. And the, the whole journey started because I heard somebody talk about, you know, prayer and fasting. And they say to me, look, when you seek God, you will find him. And when you begin to pray, you, you know, you're going to have to hear, you hear God differently. And then they introduced me to a world of prayer and fasting. So I thought, you know, what? I'm going to fast. I'd never done the fasting thing before. So I thought I'll do it. And in fact, I thought I'll do the whole three day of prayer and fasting without eating. So I could hear the voice of God. And my friends were like, gosh, you can't die, girlfriend. <laughs> I can't try this one. No, I want to do, you know, do this thing. And I, I literally immersed myself to discovering what I was prepared as to I would do whatever it takes. I want to know why I am here. I have a child, I have children, I have a husband, but all these things still, I did not feel, you know, rooted in terms of my purpose. And so it was on the third day. Uh, in fact, my husband was going to a conference in Alicante and I accompanied him so I could go and spend some time away whilst he'll be in conference and I'll be, you know, in a hotel room just praying. And it was on the second day of uh, my prayer and fasting session. So it was in the time that I was seeking God. And I literally Im immersed in reading the word, just praying and just allowing myself to hear the voice of God through the scriptures. I did not hear an audible voice. Nobody came mm -hmm. to tell me that direction. <laughs> God, you know, take that direction. It was seeing pictures of my imagined future from the word of God. And I then got the picture 
And then suddenly I was like, you know what? I believe I am destined to be great because the scripture has told me so. Therefore, um, I need to have a sign. I went into the conference on the second day because my husband said to me, just come along. You're not a business person, but just come along. It was in that meeting that a, a property investor was talking about property investments. Now you can imagine, mm. I've never been to college, never been to uni. I have no understanding whatsoever, you know, of like the actual world of business. But I heard clearly God say to me, that's the man that has the key to uh, your world that will change. And so connect with him. And straight after he finished his talk, I run to him. Now imagine I'm not in the conference. I'm not a part of them. But then suddenly yeah. I just thought, you know what, I'm going. I thought yeah. everybody would do. But I, I was the only person in the room. And I was saying to the guy, I said, you know, um, you, you know, obviously don't know me. Uh, I'm nervous right now. Even talking to you, I'm nervous. But I believe, uh, you know, I'd just love to have a few minutes with you. Can I have lunch with you? And the guy said, of course, you know, um, I don't have anything on my diary. We can have lunch together. And that was the beginning of my journey. So it's long intro, but that was mm. what they, from hearing God speak to me. And the rest is I have heard God clearly through his word, through praying, through seeking the direction I must take. And I've not heard him saying to me, Caroline, go that direction, but I've heard mm. from the scripture because if I'm a child of God, I'm only led by his word through his, you know, through his word and by the Holy Spirit. So that's been the guide for me. And that was the day that turned my life around. Wow yeah no thank you for going into it I really like what you said about fasting so do you feel like because you were in that moment of fasting and praying that is why you could really hear God's absolutely. voice at that point uh, for yeah. me absolutely every moment that I've had that has been a a turnaround moment in my life since you know it has been through as I'm praying and fasting that's the time I'm so spiritually sensitive I'm so open to hearing the word of God, so open to get direction and clarity. And I know because when, when you're in that zone or in that space and God can speak to you at any given time, he would speak to you even when you're not praying and fasting. But for me, that has been um, a moment of, you know, that has defined the, the word that is, you know, I know what scripture God gives me when I'm in that state of mind because I mm. go with expectation. I'm expecting that I will hear something from him and he has never let me down. So I always come back because I set myself apart. I'm literally away from everything else. Instead of eating and praying, reading the word, seeking and asking. And so in that frame of mind, he said, you seek me, you will find me. When you knock, the door will be open for you. So if you believe that that's what he's saying, then apply yourself to it and expect mm. a result. And that's what's happened to my world. So, yeah. Definitely. So that day that you had, you went up to, um, what, what was his title? Sorry. It was so, a so his, name, so his name is Steve Bolton. So you went up to him, you spoke to him, you told him, I need to find out more about you. I need to have a conversation with you. So how did you go from that conversation to uh -huh. where you are now because obviously a lot I'm sure a lot of people even though nobody went up to him that day I'm sure a lot of people have had conversations with him but you never know you don't really know people don't always apply the things that people tell them 
So mm-hmm. how did you get from that conversation to now? And I also want, would love you to talk about um, kind of like the mindset that you had. Was it just the fact that you felt like God told you to do this? So that really drove you all the way through to this point where, you know, you're doing very well, very successful, and you've got a very good balanced lifestyle. Or do you think there was other factors as well that were, were pushing you? Um, it's it's different things to be honest, but I think that the the number one thing is intentionality, mm-hmm. where you you become very intentional with everything else because a lot of the times we we say things and act things just because it's a thing to be you know we talk about. However, if you literally have to you know ask the person their deepest intention, they're not fully committed and they're seeking or they're asking. Uh, but the one thing, I mean, for me, I was desperate. Okay. I was like, you know, I went from, um, I'll give an example in terms of my word of seeking for my purpose. Why am I here? I went from, okay, yes, I'm married. I've got children and you know, we're, we're okay. Uh, There was a sense of independence. I was, (laughs) I'll say taken away from me because suddenly I couldn't do the things that I thought I was going to be doing. And I, I didn't have any qualifications. So I didn't have any degrees or anything to rely on as to this maybe will shape my life. I was thinking there must be something else I'm called to do, right? Because I haven't managed to go to university or to college. So in terms of pursuing my next big thing, I don't know. Number two, I want to impact my world, but I have no means of impacting my world. And what I'm supposed to be doing, I really don't know. I have ideas, but those ideas are not um, consolidated. So it was just a case of thinking, well, actually, I can go off on my own uh, and try different things. Or I could ask the one that made me. Ask him, what is it? If I look at my gifts and my talents and how you have designed me, what am I to be doing? Who am I to become? Because, And I don't think you ever get to a place where you become and that's it, you're done. I think we go from one level of glory to the other so that my aspirations then in terms of purpose definitely different to today and mm. the whole journey was started because when i when i say i went and i had lunch with steve um it was it was the one piece to the puzzle which was um god spoke to me in the book of isaiah because this guy was talking about um, um property investments right now god spoke to me about a scripture that talks about that i will rebuild the desolate places so and then he's giving me those ideas and then i hear somebody else talking about that and i have no clue how to get it done but then i hear somebody else giving me the ideas of what to do so i'm connecting the two so you, you have to um at the same time it's not about being so spooky spiritual that you can't reason you know so it's me mm. reasoning with the word of god and god as he's speaking and as i'm hearing and as the, my world is happening so once i saw mm. that and i connected with him during the lunch i was trying to find out the idea of property investments can i do it can it be done and if it can't be done what do i require and i said to the guy look i haven't been to uni or to college so i do not understand the world of business and so he said to me look caroline if you can apply yourself if you can uh you know but if you can just give me your whole self and i will teach you everything that you have to get done and you follow through step by step it will work for you so i thought okay this guy believes in me so never mind not being you know to uni and i had so many limiting beliefs about my self-esteem because 
you know when you I, I don't obviously I think you probably are you, you sounds to me you're very much um, uh, English but growing up in Zambia we were taught or I was brought up being taught you go to school get a job go to uni and become a doctor or become a lawyer and become all these other titles and I was nowhere near any of them so mm. I had a sense of feeling of inadequacy like can I really do it do I have what it takes? On the outside, it looks good, but really on the inside of me, I had so many doubts. But so it was then being able to sit with someone who believed in me after I shared with him my desire to want to change my position. And all I could see was, God bless me so I can be a blessing. Enlarge my curse so I can enlarge other people, so I can impact my world, so I can do the things that you're showing me to do. Because everything else that I was going to be doing required money. I have family back at home. I have charities that we've been supporting and they all require money. So it was the case of you do this and show me and I would do it. And I believe that, you know what, God, if you truly are the God that you, are, you say you are, I haven't seen maybe, you know, this part of you manifesting in many people's lives, but try me, you know, let's just do something together. Let me just see if it's going to work. And I wasn't, um, I, I had, I mean, I, 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 even till today I had, and I still do have conversations like we're talking together, just asking God, honestly, the things that mm. I might not feel comfortable to share, you know, to say to somebody else because they might, whatever they might think of me. But to God, I just go as open as I am and just be vulnerable and just say, Lord, I need you to just be the, the light that shines. And so God took me through the whole journey of, um, you know, from leading me to a guy that would uh, just work with me and mentor me to a place where he introduced me to a world that I had no idea existed. So exposure as well plays a huge part in terms of who you become because if you're so closed in your world and are not exposed so many things will get past you because mm -hmm. you are not aware of what lies around you and it's all about opportunities and so you know it's been an amazing journey and i've had to literally work on myself mm -hmm. work on my my mindset because i believe that success is not um it's, it's not just something that you think about and then you become you think about it you imagine it and you begin to from imagination to literally walking what you're imagining and applying yourself and discovering areas where you should you, sh you know you, you fall short and constantly are working on yourself the bible says to renew our mind it's the mindset that does not reflect god that we have to renew if your thinking is of inadequacy and you're in business you will always feel like, like nothing. Mm -hmm. And therefore that will always show up. So it's, mm -hmm. it's yeah. And so it's, it's, it's been a journey. It's been a, a great journey. And I'm still on that journey of going from, from glory to glory. And, uh, you know, it, it's, 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 it's amazing what God can do. And if he has done it for me, I'm sure he would do it for everyone that is listening today, right now, mm -hmm. even the ones that will listen in the future. Yeah. Definitely. But I like what you said in the beginning about your dad kind of giving you, even, even at its basic point, a foundation of self-belief or just like mm -hmm. that nugget of like, I could become something. And I guess uh -huh. that when you then met Steve, that really then blossomed into to something, something bigger. Absolutely. 
absolutely absolutely i mean there, there are things that shape our lives so there are people that influence us negative and positively and that then forms our belief system on how we do our world based on what we have heard and have believed to be true so my dad instilled in me the idea of you can be you know you will become great you are great everything about you is so there was that belief that i, I can do it and i will become it unfortunately my dad died when i was 13. Mm. so suddenly my greatest inspiration my hero he's now no longer there and then I'm not good in school. So I'm not good in maths. I'm not good in sciences. I'm not good. And so guess what I'm hearing from my teachers? I am so dull. I am so thick. I will never make it. My life is going to end up with misery. And like, you know, I mean, there was one maths teacher, this man, he, he hated me. He would say things like, you are so thick. You would never mount up to anything. You would die a failure. Can you imagine? You know, that's so it is mean. It is so mean. And that's why I'm, I, 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 I tell people, mind uh, what you allow other people to speak into your children's lives, even into your own life, because those things, they can, they destroy the child. Because I never told my mom and dad that I was thought I was thick. I was never going to end up going, you know, making it. Yeah. I never did that because then one man told me something else. And therefore I, be, I believed more the failure than the success. It was only when I began the journey of, um, like literally believing in working and believing that it, it can get done, that yeah. I'll actually begin to think, no, my dad told me I can do it. I know I can do it. The voice would come, but it would be overshadowed by the negative that I heard. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing journey. And, and of course now, because I never went to college and university, so it was almost, I was manifesting the fact that I won't become great. Um, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but no, God, God is amazing. God is a, God is a good God. God Definitely. is a Because mm. despite mm. everything that people try to do to you, and I hate when people just say things without thinking. I think they mm. don't realize the words that they, they use can actually really affect other people's mm. lives. But mm. I wanted to swiftly go through to a different direction. Um, mm. Obviously, everybody listening can understand that you're somebody who has had a mindset transformation including your finances um and you're somebody that has multiple businesses very successful multi-pound um, businesses just wanted us to uh, speak about how to navigate our finances so specifically speaking to generation z millennials how can they go about creating and maintaining their money like do you have any advice for them at all absolutely absolutely i think um I'll give you maybe just my own uh, example. So back in the days, obviously, when I was in Zambia, I used to be an air hostess. Mm -hmm. So my lifestyle as an air hostess was pretty much, you know, make the money. And I did make quite a fair bit of amount of money, make the money and spend the money until the one day that the airline I was working for went under. So it went bust and I was going back to nothing. So like one would think I'd learn the lessons on being able to make money and manage it. And of course, I never picked up any of those ideas. But when I began my mentoring session with Steve Bolton, the one thing he said to me, if you want to become wealthy, uh, you first of all have to start off by having a vision or a dream, a goal of what it is that you want to achieve. And I had no clue 
how to set goals. I had no clue how to even think of what was possible for me. So it was starting from that point of building, you know, coming up with a clear vision of what should my long-term goals and my short-term goals look like. So planning one year, three year, five year, 10 years. And you can ask yourself, if you're 17, ask yourself in 10 years time, I'll be 27. What do I want my life to look like at the age of 27? If you are, you know, um, 30 in 10 years time, you're going to be 40. What do you want your life to look at at the age of 40? And you look at your life in every area of your life. It's not about the money. It's about the lifestyle you want to have and then creating businesses or even, you know, getting a job or work that will support the lifestyle. So you want to things to be around your life rather than around the job or pursuing money or following after the next job. So the number one thing is, first of all, having clarity of your goal. If you know what it is that you want, then you have to ask yourself the question, how do I make more money? And there are various ways in which you can make more money. You know, there's money that you can make as an active person investing the money or a passive person that you know makes the money work for them by investing in this so they're not actually actively working to invest that money or even getting a job so there, there are many ways of which i'll talk about some of them but it's, it's thinking clarity of vision learn how to make money learn how to manage your money unfortunately many people are not very good in managing the money they know well how to make it mm -hmm. but cannot manage it so you literally want to hone into the idea of managing your money. It was one of my weakest points, being able to, no, just that, just wasteful, just Me being too. able to waste, waste, in the money. <laughs> it comes in, you cannot even account as to where it went. It's as if the money has a mm. mind of its own, right? Before you have too much month at the end of the money, you're wondering yeah. what happens. I got paid, it's the 13th today. I got paid on the 30th and what happens to money? You have no clue. So I had to learn the principles of managing money by working on, first of all, my beliefs. So what beliefs do I have about money? If you have non-supportive beliefs around money, unfortunately, you will make it and you will all disappear and you have nothing to show for it. And then because when, when your beliefs are different, you begin to apply yourself by changing your daily habits and becoming accountable when, you know, to yourself about your money. So you're making informed choices on a daily basis around what happens to your money. Because when you earn X amount of money, you should not spend all of that money. You should allocate the money according to your priorities. If you're a young person, make sure you put away even as little as 20% of your income. That money goes into what's called an investment account. And over a period of time, you invest that money and it begins to grow. Why? Because you have understood how money works and how you can make the money work for you. When you don't understand how money works, unfortunately, the money will always be, you will always be working for the money. And so therefore, wealth creation is never going to be in view if you don't know how to make the money work for you. So there will be the, the, the first step is vision. Second step is making money. Third step is managing money. Fourth step is protecting money. So you can make the money, but you've got to learn to protect it. And so this, you can protect your assets through insurance, 
you have your own life insurance, protecting your, uh, your, your, your goods, protecting your businesses, and uh, having all your affairs, including your taxes, structures that will literally help you to be stable as a, a wealth creator. Because wealth creation is an intentional move. You just don't become wealthy by dreaming or just thinking about it. They are processes that you have to follow to become wealthy. So if you're a young person and you're listening right now, I'm thinking, well, I don't even know where to start from. What about investments? Where do I start? You can start by first of all, learning. So before I even tell you what investments to get into, begin to acquire the knowledge around investments. There are four asset classes in investments. The first one, they're not in a priority order, by the way. I'm just saying them as it comes uh, through my mind. The first one, for example, is real estate investments. Property investments is classified as one asset class. Then you have another asset class called paper assets. This is where you find your ideas of stocks and shares, cryptocurrency, uh, bonds, uh, uh, treasury bills, mutual funds. They all fall under the section of your paper assets. Then the third one is commodities. And commodities will be the likes of your grain, your oil and gas, and uh, semi-precious stones. They also are in one category as a uh, form of uh, investment vehicle. And the last one, last but not least, is business. As an entrepreneur, you're st starting off your own business. That is also an asset class of how you are going to generate your money. So your job right now is not to go after because you heard about property investments, you want to go about property. No, instead begin to think, first of all, let me learn about which as all the asset classes and identify which one am I drawn to, drawn to. And then once you know which one, then you begin to understand how do I start the investment in that journey? So mine is real estate right now as my primary business, real estate investments. But even within real estate, I only focus right now on two, residential and part commercial, finish. I don't do any other strategies, just these two, right? So that's where I'm sticking my mind. Only now, after my business has been solidified, am I venturing out into investing in your paper assets, such as your bonds, treasury bills, and your stocks and shares. But before that, I never did it. Why? I was single-minded, staying focused on the one strategy to make it work. Then when it's working, then I can shift to something else. So you don't go and pick about 201 things because you've heard about the idea of investments. Does that make sense? Yeah. So one thing mm -hmm. that I've been hearing a lot of and like a lot of my friends as well is cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. so that's mm -hmm. being really pushed to us. Like, what are your thoughts specifically on cryptocurrencies? Yeah. Now, obviously, I haven't studied the markets of cryptocurrencies, so I can't give you any opinion about it. But what I would say is, uh, right now, obviously, we're in lockdown mode where there's coronavirus and things are not quite, you know, great in terms of um, your your investments are concerned. However, that doesn't mean it's not a good time to invest. Why? Because mm. When, when markets are dropping and there's such uncertainty, that's when you have people that, well, there's two categories. One people group is going to lose money and they're going to get nervous and they won't want to invest again because they did not like the experience. At the same time, there's a people group that is planning and preparing who will come out their wealthiest because they will know what they're buying and the right time that they're buying. So in my world in property investments, that's exactly what I am doing watching the market 
and learning and getting myself in the right position. When the time comes, I would dive in there and carry on with my strategy. So if you want to look into crypto, go and learn about crypto. Don't invest yet. Go and learn from people that have done it. Know who you've heard or just talk about it. Ask for their you know, CV. Let's yeah. see what you have done. How has it performed? What can, you know, what can you say about it? Because they will sing every song and give it the best tune. But when it you know, comes down to the actual nitty gritty, they probably have not made anything themselves. They probably don't understand it that much themselves. And in the end, you all lose money. I know many people that came to me and said to me, Caroline, oh, crypto, you know, what do you think? And then in the next few months, they come to me and said, well, I lost money. Well, that's what I, I did say to you. Just don't put money in it. Go and learn about it and get the understanding. Knowledge, applied knowledge is powerful. You know, so you want to make sure that you want to get the knowledge and apply it. Get the right knowledge and apply it. My son's learning uh, stocks and shares too at the minute. He's oh wow, 14, bless his heart. Yeah, but he's 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 so engrossed in it, and and all he's been doing is practicing it. So he's doing dummy investments first of all before he can put in his real money, and it's his money. I said to myself, "Are you going to put in your own money and let's see how it works and see how it performs?" But the whole idea was learn first of all learn and then look at be very futuristic look at what the future looks like and then invest based on what the future looks like where the greatest need is going to be what people's lifestyle is most likely to be and then of course you know you go out there and do the investments does that make sense yeah so touching on that so you've mentioned go out and do the research where would you suggest doing that research is that on the is that courses is that books is it mental yes. yeah it's combination yeah. of everything yes yeah, combination of everything so when i mean go and learn i mean go and learn from those that uh, have made it and are doing very well read their biographies you can get mentored by somebody without even ever meeting the person because right now the internet is such an amazing portal where you go study the person you know, read up stuff on their by on their their websites. Read their books. If they have seminars or courses, go to their seminars, go to their courses, and learn as much as you can. Just by you know acquiring the knowledge, you you won't have too much knowledge. I believe it's when you don't apply what you learn. Then of course it's analysis paralysis. You're just analyzing stuff you know continually without ever taking any action. So your job is to find, identify, if you decide you want to venture into property investments, find out the person that you believe is the one person that is like a role model and go and learn from them. Learn from them through their materials, whoever has mentored them. And then once you've got that understanding, you know, then I'll go a step further and apply the knowledge in terms of go and get some classroom mentorship where somebody who has done it and been there will talk you through the process and help you along the way pay some money for it you know it's not all about getting free stuff initially try and do the free courses they're really really helpful but once you get to grips with what's going on then you immerse yourself and pay i had to pay this guy i'm talking to you about i had to pay a lot of money so you also have to apply yourself you know invest in yourself you are the yeah. greatest investment you can ever make on this planet because when you become better, you know, many people are going to get better because of your position. So 
um, I would yeah find find people like that to help you along the way. So obviously you've been through a lot of different things and you've invested in many different uh, ventures, specifically um, property. But how do you spot a good or bad investment? How do you know that? Yeah, how do you spot a good investment? How can you spot a bad investment? Okay, so it's you, you. It's all about data. Majority of investments is about data. So you have to look at past performances, look at current markets and projected future markets. So, for example, uh, we talk about property investments. So, if I'm looking out for a deal in a particular area, so I identify first of all um, the demand in that particular area for that which I'm pursuing. If there is a great demand, then I now begin to do local analysis where I'm analyzing in the past how have properties in that area performed and what has it been the demand over the last however long. If I see that there's been great demand and uh, it's performed really well as an investment, then I look at today what's going on. Where is the greatest need? Okay, is there a way that I could do it different and better so I can service to a different people group or capture a, a huge market share from the existing market share? What must I do? So I'm looking at becoming excellent in what I'm having to provide. And then look at the future as to what does the future look like? What are the future growth patterns? Is there going to be any development? Is there going to be any uh, um, uh, uh, um, any, any need, what's going to happen in that area economically that will allow me to be able to, if I buy my house there, it's not going to go down in value and it's not going to be occupied because suddenly there's just no, no business in the area. So you literally are looking at data and processing data and just becoming good at being able to see trends because with, with, with most uh, businesses, it's about watching what the trends are going to be, uh, looking at people's lifestyle, how different lifestyle affects uh, uh, business. So it, it is pretty much about, yeah, data. Definitely. Mm. Um, I thought we could also touch on saving. So mm. I've been listening to Dave Ramsey's, uh, one of his books about the total money makeover. I'm sure you've probably mm -hmm. heard it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he talks a lot about saving money, a lot about changing your lifestyle. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted your touch on savings. How, what is the purpose of savings and how do we make the most of savings? Okay. So, I mean, obviously I, Dave Ramsey is, really, is brilliant what he does, you know, helping people understand more about money. Um, and that's why when I talked about managing your money, it literally is having to allocate your money according to your priorities. So when you save money, save money for a purpose. So you're not just saving for the sake of saving money. Um, so I'll give you my own idea. So when I learned the idea of managing my money, I was taught the system that's called the seven envelope system. So now let's say for argument's sake, you earn a thousand pounds a month. Okay. And so before you, the money even hits your bank account, you want to write down your priorities. So you do like, like doing a budget, right? But you're doing a budget that is according to what your goals and dreams are. So at the time, let's say I'm starting off, I'm a young mom, uh, or even I'm just starting off, I've just finished uni and I need to save up for deposit for property. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I will then, if I get that in a thousand pounds a month, of my thousand pounds a month, I will look and say, right, okay, I will have to leave uh, within 40% of my income. So that will be 400 pounds, right? So which means I will uh, 
try and cut down as much as I can to be able to live uh, within my 40% of 400 pounds. Then the other 60% of 600 pounds is now going to be allocated towards, for example, I'm a Christian, right? So I've got a tithe. So I give my 10%, uh, £100 goes towards God. So now I'm left with uh, £500. Of the 500 and allocate um, some money towards what I'll call an emergency fund. Why? Because I need to save up money for uh, any unexpected eventualities because circumstances will always happen to us all, but I better be ready. So if anything happens, maybe I lose a job or I fall ill or something happens, I want to put in X amount of money. And usually the recommended is having a safety net of anything, say three to six months worth of your living expenses. So if I'm living off 400, 400 pounds, 400 times three, that is 1200 pounds. That should be my minimum saving. That is an emergency fund. Okay. If the boiler goes or my washing machine breaks, I have an emergency fund where I can take that money and pay for it cash. I'm not going to use a credit card or any other, you know, payments because I have, a, I have an emergency fund. So now if I have my emergency fund, I also have some money towards my investments. Okay. So for investments, I'll say 20%, right? So 20% of your thousand is uh, 200, right? 200. Yeah. So 200 pounds. So I would not put away 200 pounds towards my investment. That would be for as an investment fund, right? And so you can do it one, one of two. If it's investing so I can buy a house, then I'll say, okay, that's going to be the, the first thing that I work on, buy my own prom property. And thereafter, I'll go and buy a rental property as my start off for buying, you know, getting on the property ladder. So if I'm putting away 200 pounds every month, uh, at the end of the year, I will have in my bank accounts, you know, it's not a great deal, it's not a deal breaker. So if I have that amount of money now, I've got myself a plan, I must buy a property in two years time or three years time. So I can either decide, be aggressive with that or be passive with that. But if I want to be aggressive, I'll say to myself, I will put away either 200 or 300 pounds a month towards that because in three years time, I must have my 10% deposit for my house. If you want mm -hmm. to buy a house and the house costs 100,000, okay, so you need to put down a minimum of 10%, okay, if you're not buying with the government on any scheme, just you paying yourself. So 10% of 100,000 is 10,000. So within three years, it's an achievable goal, okay? So you can actually save enough money to get on a property ladder as a young person. So you got your job, you're working, but you're so focused around priorities. So some of the money, does that make sense? So some of the money from the thousand pounds, you put X amount of money, again, taking on, on insurance. And I'll say insurance, when you're younger, insurance is a lot cheaper. So I came to UK in 2004, and at the time, I was obviously very, very young, and I took out insurance. I was paying, um, I think it was like 17 pounds per month. But that, that covered me for such a lump sum of money that yeah. it lapsed in 2019. When I took out a second lot, it was a lot more money. But if anything happened to me, God forbid, I had money to take care of me if I was ill, also to take care of uh, my family if I died. Does that make sense? Oh, so yes, it's you're, you're having to be so futuristic and so focused by applying the idea of saving, not because for the saving's sake, but because you're saving towards a purpose. If you want to go to uni, begin to save so you can, you know, 
uh, put some money for university or to for the studies. If you want to get married, you don't want to end up getting <laughs> married and then it's on debt. You end yeah, up paying your wedding, your wedding on a credit card. That is bad because yeah. you, you look nice on the day, you feel lovely on the day. The next day, you might end up in arguments with your new husband because yeah. suddenly... You know, you're arguing over money because you've overspent and it's not quite so pleasant. So it's literally looking at um, your priorities. Like, you know, just understand what am I building towards? What do I really want out of my life? What can I create? If someone had taught me those fundamentals, believe me, I would have turned out like way, way different, way, way different. Not, yes, I'm, I bless God for where I'm at right now. But man, I look at my kids and I think, man, you should, you know, you have so much ahead of you. That <laughs> you could, yeah. So yeah, no, it's um so to everyone listening, you know, even in having this conversation, is that there is there is hope for each and every one of us, but it will require your intentionality. You literally have to be so intentional with your life and be committed staying consistent if you say you want to get onto doing x one z there's no reason why you can't don't you know don't let people's opinions uh, put you in a position where you, you you lose hope or you lose faith in what's possible for you you can actually design your own destiny and if with god's backing you nothing nothing can stand in your way nothing of course there'll be challenges now don't don't let me not delude you i have even lost money as a property investor right so mm. stuff happens to all of us i've made so many mistakes i've started businesses before that i've even failed uh, mm. but you know then when you get the, the good one that just runs then you think you think well thank god that you know we're here right now so the property journey has not been a smooth one when i was starting property investments it was a time like this a time of uncertainty. We had the credit crunch, you know, we had the economic meltdown. Really? It was terrible. All the news I could hear was banks are going down, people are losing yeah. money, repossessions everywhere. It was tough, 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 tough. But look, did I not survive it? So stay focused. You know, don't, yes, COVID, coronavirus is here, this COVID 19 is here, but do you know what? It's how it's coming to an end, right? Whatever starts must always have a finish. It will come to an end, but you better be ready when it comes to an end because when you miss this wave of opportunity, unfortunately, mm. it will be your own and you have to wait another however long for something else to occur, you know, that disrupts markets and then we pick it up again and run. Definitely. And like, mm -hmm. even though all of this is happening, there's still some companies that are putting out jobs. There's still jobs Absolutely. on um, Indeed and any other websites that you can go on to look for jobs. There's jobs that are coming Absolutely. out every single day and i just feel like yeah. be encouraged yeah. when you um when you do listen back to this if, podcast. If, and even if you cannot get a job start your own business look at online platforms you yeah. can there is something that you have or there's an idea you can pick up on you can package your products and you can begin to sell your products online so you know it's not all about just because i gotta get a job great it's good to have a job you know i i love jobs uh, because they, they're good they serve everybody else but but you know don't don't just rely on the job you are meant to have more than a job a job is so you're serving because you're pursuing purpose right mm -hmm. so for me speaking and talking and all those things is not a job for me because that i was born i believe i was born to do what i'm doing right now so it's service you're born to serve but you're also born to go and make money 
So why? Because the Bible says that God says in Deuteronomy, it says, forget not the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to create wealth. So he will establish the covenant. So you, you must create wealth. You, you know, just, just don't rule yourself out. Just think, yes, I have a job. It's not my bus stop. This is not my landing page. I'm actually taking off from here to becoming wealthy and yet still do what I love to do. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And I think, I guess the reason why I asked that question is because as young adults, I think a lot of the time we um the saving question is because a lot of the times we don't really forward plan we kind of think of the here and now you know especially if you've got to uni you're getting maintenance loan as soon as it drops you start you paying for stuff and you don't really think about the fact that you should be saving or you could do x y z and also a lot of the time you haven't had a lot of responsibilities um and even people that i know that are renting and they're outside of the you know left uni five years ago or something and they're renting not mm. all of them have like a um, rainy day fund. Mm. Something mm. that I think is so important to do because especially mm. like with Corona, we didn't expect this to happen. But no. if you had that rainy day fund, that would still mm. allow you at least to have that, like mm-hmm. Caroline said, that three to six months prepared mm. already. But um, I thought we could close on a different type of question. Um, and you kind of touched on on what God says about working but I wanted to touch on whether you feel that God really cares about our, our money what we spend on it and why obviously I do think that God cares about everything that we do but I just thought it'd be interesting to have your take on that mm-hmm. yes I mean um, the Bible is such an interesting book and God is such an amazing God everything that is on the earth is because he designed it to function in a particular way um, it's so important for you to know that God really cares about your financial well-being and you are acquiring assets that generate for you income because it's in his word. So he says um, in the book of Isaiah, I think it's 48, 17, where he says um, that uh, I am the Lord thy God and I will teach you to profit. He's not talking, I will teach you loss. I will teach you to profit. So he's so concerned for you to profit because he knows that he, you know, on this earth that there is, if, when, you're in, when you're in lack and want, when you don't have money, when you don't have resources, you are limited with what you can do because the Bible says that a poor man is never, no, he it can be a wise man, but he will command no respect because he doesn't have what it takes to move uh, some things. So you want to have it in your DNA that, you know, having money is good, okay? Loving money is evil, but having money is good. Why? Because Bible says that it's the love of money. It doesn't say money is evil. It is the love of money that is the root of all evil. So you can be a hater of money and be evil, or you can be a lover of money and be evil, or you can be one that respects money, because you are diligent, because the Bible talks about diligence, that to whom much is given, much is expected. Why? So you can go and be blessed to be a blessing to yourself, your family, and the world at large. So if you just shift your thinking and align your mindset that 
Yes, I'm called to pursue purpose, but I'm also called to create wealth. Every man of God, think about Abraham. He was a very wealthy man. Isaac, his son, became very, very wealthy. In fact, he, he, he sold in a year where there was famine, like now. And he ripped a hundredfold in the same year. You look at people like Solomon, look at David, even Jesus. These people had money. There's no way you have an accountant as your disciples if you don't have any money. What's he going to be counting? So we know that, you know, God himself, he values us to have wealth. Heaven is full of gold and earth is full of gold. So the two are reflecting the same economy of wealth so you better have it in your dna just begin to say to yourself i must become wealthy so that i must establish the covenant which god swore onto abraham there's no abraham today i am my next abraham so i better have the wealth so i can pass it on to my next generation so you always have to think legacy think generational what can i do to create wealth that will live way beyond me that's how kings and queens think so you are god's king you are god's queen so you better think that way too yeah mm. <laughs> you tell them but mm. um, definitely i think the only thing that i will add to that is just the fact that as long as you have in your mind that you want to serve god and you want to to do well by god god is happy with you having a certain certain amount of money it's all about your heart so if you feel that you're somebody who's after god's own heart everything that you do will flow from it the way that you think about money the fact that you'll be tithing giving to people all these things you can only give from a full a, a full cup and if you've got that full cup and if you've got a heart that is positioned before god there's no wrong that you can really do. So I definitely love the fact that you actually touched on that. You touched on how some people have a negative view of money and it's mm. actually, um, it's sometimes not good because if you, if you have the money and then you're just like, Oh, I don't know what to do with it. And you kind of push it away. God is blessing you and you're just kind of scared of it. You need to learn how to be able to deal with that. If God blesses mm. you with loads of riches, you need to know how to actually navigate that. Um, mm. Mm -hmm. but yeah so i think we'll end it there thank you so much for coming on um no, thank you. yeah i'd love you to let people know about any resources that you have that they can know of such as like youtube channels blogs and also where they can find you to keep up with you right okay so um for everybody else wanting to, uh, my website is just www.carolinemarsh.com. I do have a free book that I believe will literally bless you uh, because the book talks about uh, the insider secrets of a wealthy black woman. So basically, it's all the secrets around wealth creation. These are the practical things that I have done despite my my belief systems that were limiting uh also maximizing my strengths that have helped me the god factor the principles you know into wealth creation they're in that book and so you can go uh the the link for it is in fact i co-authored the book with a business partner of mine we have a company called personal success planners so this particular link is uh, www.personalsuccesschallenge.com and so click on that and you'll be able to get the free uh book the free ebook 
that will be sent through to you. And if you want to learn more about money, say for example, you want to learn about money, knowing how money works and how you can make money work for you. We also have resources. So you can click on the same link and that will take you through to a 14 day challenge of how money works. And I think it's about, uh, I think it's 20 something pounds or something. I'm not too sure how much it wants, but whatever the amount of money is, go and invest in yourself. When you learn the fundamentals of money, believe it or not, you become so aware and become so intentional with the idea of creating wealth. So uh, do feel free to you know, browse and look around. And when I'm next speaking anywhere else, uh, check out my website, carolinemarsh.com. And uh, I'm on all social platforms, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Facebook. I'm not on Snapchat, so you won't find me Snapchatting. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my children won't be happy with that. But uh, yeah, so no, thank you so much for having me on your show. And I hope that you've been blessed. Um, and I look forward to hearing your testimonies of what God's going to do in your life. Thank you so much for listening in. Would love it if you could share this podcast with anybody that needs to hear it. If you'd like to connect with us, do find us on www.kingdomlifecoach.co.uk. If you've got any questions, do email us on info at kingdomlifecoaching.co.uk. So we'll catch you in the next episode and always remember that you are the salt. Thank you.